0: Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Oh, well, good morning, everybody. How are we on this lovely morning? Isn't it? Oh, that's good. I. So the kids wanted to play outside and it was about 7 o'clock. And I was like, oh, it's going to be far too cold. We went outside. Actually, it was quite nice in the sun. So here you go. Spring is coming. Anyway, spring kind of is connected in with our next sermon series. So this year we've kind of taken the calendar year to have growth. And we've started off with prepping the soil. Then we had sowing the seeds. Now we're pruning the branches. Now, I realize I'm in a room here full of people that know a lot more about gardening than I do. but my experience with pruning has been for the sole purpose to control the height of the plant. Uh, most professional people will prune to ensure that their fruit tree or whatever it is that it becomes more fruitful. but my experience of pruning has always been incredibly frustrating. So in the first place that Rachel and I bought together in Chester Hill, it had this Five meter high Marea. And, oh, hello. Speaking of pruning, hello there. <laughs> this is like a practical illustration of my conclusion, how you have helped me prune my attitude. Yeah, you know, come down? No, oh, no. Oh, of course not. Come on. <coughs> there we go. So, anyway, we had this Marea. It's five metres tall and it started touching the power lines. And so my father-in-law, he gave us one of those um, hedge trimmers, an electrical one. And there I am on the ladder, just sort of, and I got to the point where it was, the, the cable wasn't long enough, so I'd stretch out and just try to use the last little bit of power to trim this hedge. And my, tr- my hedging skills were having it like this triangle. It just looked terrible. But for people who are actually gardeners, pruning is important. Yeah, at that time, the, the tree, the plant, it looks terrible. When you cut it right back, it seems to lose its beauty. But you look beyond that. You're not just, going, you're not just looking in the short term. You're thinking, long term, when I prune this tree, when I prune this plant back, yeah, maybe all the, the pretty branches are gone or the leaves are gone, but I know in the springtime, That it'll start to grow back. I know that this fruit, if it would be apples, oranges, whatever it may be, it's going to come back healthier and more bountiful. That's why we prune. And in Jesus' words, in John chapter 15, Jesus says here, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Now, I give a bit of context around John, because I love to teach everyone context. John, his commentators split John into two parts. Chapters 1 to 12, they call the Book of Signs. So, like last week, Murray taught us about the bread of life. Jesus does a miracle in John, and then he does teaching about it. So, with the bread of life, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Then he does teaching about how he is the bread of life. But then from chapters 13 to 21... They call it the book of glory. Well, this time here, Jesus does all this teaching, pointing people to the ultimate sign, his death and resurrection. So that's important that this is tied in here from chapter 15, that this is pointing ultimately Jesus' death and resurrection for his glory. And here, as Jesus says here, I am the true vine, this is the seventh. I am statement. And it's very, very deliberate language here. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses is there, you're probably familiar with the story, there in the wilderness, and there he sees a burning bush. And it's unusual bush, as we all know, because the bush isn't being destroyed like you'd assume with fire. And then there it's when Moses has this encounter with Yahweh. And Moses asks him, he goes, hey, like, who am I going to say when the Israelites ask me, who sent you? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. You can say that, we pronounce it in modern terms, Yahweh, I am. And so Jesus here saying, I am, he's pointing us back to that moment. In Exodus, he is Yahweh in the flesh. Revealed to his people. But he is now Yahweh in the metaphor of a vine. Now, here's a question, everyone. What's the purpose of a vine? What? What? Make what? (laughs) What's the purpose of a vine? Real purpose of the vine. What's it do? What do you do with grapes? Pardon? Pardon? Oh, let me specify. What's the purpose of a grapevine? Make wine. There we go. I know. I said the, the W word in church. That, that's what it was there for. Wine and vines. These are actually signs, believe it or not, in, in Scripture of wealth and fertility. And so, in the Old Testament times and New Testament times, vines represented wealth. And in fact, if you wanted to declare your wealth... You just had lots of vines. And in fact, there's a few times in the Old Testament where it talks about in the time of Solomon's reign, everyone was so wealthy, they had their own vine and their own fig tree. And so that became the standard symbol of wealth. If you've got vines and you've got figs, you are wealthy. And the prophets say, foretold a time where everyone in Israel, one day, once more, will have vines and fig trees around them. And in Genesis chapter 49, the, when, when Jacob is giving his blessings over his 12 sons, the tribe of Judah, the tribe that Jesus is from, the one that the scepter will never depart from, he even says there that he will be so wealthy, he will tie his donkey up to his vine and just let him eat it. He's like, oh, I don't care. I have so much wealth. I can just tie my donkey up. He can eat all the grapes. He can have as much as he wants. So this vine imagery, it's a sign of wealth and it's a sign of future hope. And so in the Old Testament, um, Yahweh and the prophets would often use the vine to represent Israel. It was a metaphor for the nation and for the purpose which they were supposed to achieve. Now we read the Old Testament, did Israel succeed, or did they fail at being the vine? Which is it? They failed. And there is lots and lots of passages, and I won't read them all, but just to kind of give you a snapshot, we've got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Psalms, all these, use this imagery of Israel as the vine or a vineyard, and them failing completely and utterly. And there's one here from Isaiah chapter 5, this is the one I'll read out for you. Just to kind of, this is so sort of the imagery Jesus is riffing off when he's talking to his disciples. And he says here, I will sing for the one I love. A song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it out and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than what I've done? When I look for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I'll break down its wall and it will be trampled. I'll make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah, are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. And in that parable there, you you see what the point of the vineyard is. He grew this vineyard for the purpose of it to produce good fruit. But what happened instead? It's only bad fruit. Now, what what does Jesus say here? So with just some imagery in mind, I'll just read out. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There's a deliberate allusion there. Jesus is taking that passage from Isaiah 5, one of those many I referenced to from Ezekiel, Psalms and all that. He's saying here, hey... Israel was meant to be this vine. Israel was meant to be this one that produced good fruit and was meant to show the nations how they were to live before God. But instead of good fruit, all they got was bad, terrible fruit. Now, Jesus is saying, I am, I'm Yahweh, but I'm also the vine. I'm going to fulfill what Israel failed to do. And if Israelites failed to produce good fruit, guess what you're going to do? If you remain in me, you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to show yourselves to be my disciples. You're going to fulfill that promise that the prophets spoke about long ago, where everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig. Now, biology 101 in order for fruit to grow, it needs to be connected to a vine, to a tree, to a plant. Yes, we all agree on that. And it's exactly the same what Jesus is saying here. If you want to bear fruit for me, you must remain in me. You must be connected to me. Similarly, like last week with the bread of life, in order to have life in Jesus, it uses that Disgustingly graphic metaphor, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Similar here, if you want to be a fruitful disciple, you cannot bear fruit by yourself. And it's often the question is wondered, well, what is fruit? What is fruit? Is it good works? Is it evangelism? Is it just being faithful to God? I see it as all of those things. Jesus said on the Son of Mount, you, You'll know them by their fruits. And people, the world is supposed to know that we are followers of Jesus by the fruits that we bear. Isaiah, why he gave a damning condemnation on the Israelites and their fruitful vine. He also foresaw a day where there would be that fruitful vine. And that fruitful vine is Jesus and us as his followers. Friends, in order for us to be fruitful, there needs to be pruning. Pruning's horrible. Pruning is harsh. And it can make you feel naked and just bearing before God. As my wonderful little daughter came up the front, just sort of jumped in my illustration early. I-, I thought I was a pretty good Christian, you know, when I was a single man living at Bible college. I was like, yeah, yeah i sort of like quite arrogant, I suppose. So I kind of got this. And then I got married, and I realized, gosh, I'm really quite a selfish person. I n- need a bit more pruning. And then I sort of thought, okay, maybe I've got this. Then I had Asher. And I had hazel and I was like, oh my goodness, there is so much pruning that needs to happen in me. So much that needs to be cut away, so much that needs to be laid bare in order to bear fruit. And that's the point of this series is we've spent time preparing our soil spiritually, our hearts being ready for God by knowing the basics, prayer, Bible reading, evangelism. We have sowed the seeds, done our spiritual gifts, gone through the shape analogy. We'll do the shape course. Now it's time to cut. It's time to cut things off. and each and every one of us needs to be pruned. Each and every one of us needs to cut off those dead branches, those unhealthy parts of us that suck away the nutrients, that suck away the things that can make good fruit. Pruning isn't punishment. It's actually an act of God's love. If you read here, I'll just read the first two verses again. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. You've got cutting, that's Old Testament language. That's language of judgment. That's what happened to the unfaithful Israel. That's how they went into exile. Jesus is riffing off Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. That's terrifying language of judgment. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, i.e. those that were never his to begin with. But this is the encouraging part. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Pruning's not judgment. Pruning's not bad. It's an act of love. In Hebrews, it says here that actually God's discipline, this is a sign of His love. And Hebrews 12, verse 5, it says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when He rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one He loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endured hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. This is harsh stuff. No one wants to hear about the things they need to cut off in their life. Well, the purpose is so that you may live as fruitful disciples. Now, if my broke my leg and it became gangrenous, wouldn't it be more healthy for me to cut that off? If I was to say, no, 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 way! I can't lose my leg, I need that. Even though there's this terrible infection coming up that might kill me. There's times where cutting things off, we're amputating, we're pruning. That is the thing that needs to happen. And perhaps now in church, we don't talk enough about this stuff. Because it is confronting, but it is about having life. I think if Jesus came down today, maybe he wouldn't use the analogy of the vine. Something maybe more helpful for us is, maybe, I am the true phone because I've heard now that for Gen Z, their phone is there, basically, it's attached to them. They can't live without their phone. Now, let's be honest here. If you lose your internet or your phone service, how naked do you feel? It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? If you rely on it, it's like, oh man. There was a while here, my phone, the, um, I had a VPN on it and it blocked the 4G from working. So I couldn't use Google Maps. Couldn't do anything outside of Wi-Fi coverage. And I just felt naked and alone. I was like, I can't do anything because I've come so reliant upon this. And if five minutes of being disconnected from the internet makes us feel naked and vulnerable and we can't live, then how much more than being disconnected from Jesus, of not being attached to that vine? So, friends, all of us need pruning. And I stand here before you to say, I'm the first one to say, Lord, prune me. And my prayer over the next 10 weeks is that we can be a church that praises and says, Lord, prune us. It's a powerful, bold prayer may mean that we're going to have to wrestle with some things that are difficult, cut off some relationships that are not healthy, stop some habits and practices which are really unhelpful. But at the end of it, there will be this abundant harvest. At the end of it, as Jesus himself said, the fruit you'll produce, this is for my Father's glory. You will show that you are his disciples. In fact, you'll be living in that fulfillment of what the prophets foresaw. Was that Israel one day would be this fruitful vine. We, as his followers are going out, showing the world what Jesus really means. So before I close, if God has been speaking to you, if God's been showing something in you that needs to be pruned off, I encourage you, Either come up to the back, to the prayer corner, and pray for that. Speak to myself, Murray, or someone that you trust to journey through this. We don't bear fruit alone. We do this as a family, as a community. So if we're going to go on this pruning journey, let's do it together. So we can be more fruitful. Let me pray for us. Lord, just that beautiful imagery of you being the true vine. And you, Father, the heavenly vine dresser. And Lord, I just pray that we can be people that remain in you to be part of that vine. And Lord, is it part of that that we will undergo pruning so that we can be more fruitful? All of us need pruning in our life. And Lord, as we just go through this series of pruning over the next couple of months, I just pray, Lord, that at the end of it, that we can be more fruitful, that you will have done a work that you, the divine vine dresser, will cut off the things in us that need to go. So that the world and our community around us can see that we are truly your disciples. And so, Spirit, I pray for your help in this.